0: You're listening to all the shit I've learned abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis, and I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the
2: ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack.
0: It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So, kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad.
2: Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea, and I'm Steph.
0: Steph is no longer homeless. Woo! I'm not homeless back in Melbourne.
2: (laughs) She is no longer
0: living in a caravan. I'm out of the caravan.
2: Or a hotel. So you've moved. Where are you living now?
0: I'm living back in Melbourne in a little suburb, suburb called Essendon. Lovely. Um, Yes, it's lovely. But, Andrea, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have something very important to say to you.
2: Okay. What is? What do you have to say?
0: Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Is it our anniversary? <laughs> it's our two-year anniversary.
2: Oh, that! I. What is the date? Well, we we're a little bit past been, it. I mean, it's not yeah.
0: exact. It's not a okay. science. It's very subjective, but we have been doing this podcast for over two years now. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess it's been over
2: two years because we started recording it and then didn't release anything until a few months later. So
0: no, yeah, by that, if we went by that measurement of when we like started, we are almost at three years. (laughs) Wow.
2: Yeah. We didn't put anything out for a while.
0: Um, that's exciting. So are you going to get me flowers?
2: I'm waiting on my anniversary present
0: uh they're on the way the lockdown i guess is holding them up
2: (laughs) sure you can always blame living so far in australia on things like that
0: oh like oh
2: i'm weird my present never got to you (laughs) must have got lost in the post during covid (laughs) the planes
0: aren't flying
2: so yeah Um, two years what a two years it's been thanks to all of our listeners over the last two years We couldn't have done it without you.
0: (laughs) Us going. And also, I've been saving this information since I was in Western Australia for this episode. Oh, my God. Okay. Do you remember an episode we did way back uh, towards pre-COVID times? No, at the beginning when we did a virtual tours episode? Yeah. And I... So we did a virtual tour and then I did one of them in real life.
2: Okay. Okay. Any guesses? Uh, Which one? Well, it obviously wasn't the one in. What was the one I did? Sweden? You didn't do the. No, it wasn't. uh, Or Norway. Norway. Um, It wasn't Norway. You didn't go to the Great Wall of China?
0: No, did not go to the Great Wall.
2: I can't actually remember what we toured. The aquarium? (laughs) Did you go to an aquarium?
0: No, I did not. I. You're not going to believe this. Mm -hmm. Dead serious went to Stonehenge. What? (laughs) I did. So, and I did not know this and driving down the road and I'm looking, this is in Esperance, Western Australia, driving, driving. And I look and I'm like, what is what coming around the bend? What is this? It looks like Stonehenge. Esperance, Western Australia is the world's only life-size replica of Stonehenge. Oh! as the real Stonehenge is, size, everything.
2: I was so confused where you were going with this story. When you said you went to Stonehenge, I'm like, did you fly over to the UK and you didn't tell me? And you somehow went to Stonehenge? And I literally live, like, maybe an hour or two away. So there's a replica uh, in Australia
0: well, I think upon further research, there's a number of, there's a number of replicas, but Australia holds claim to the only life-size exact oh wow
2: replica. So yes, was it actually? I mean, I know you've never been to the real one, but I, I don't just know told how you I've been
0: com- there. Uh,
2: okay, <laughs> just like we saw the real Rosetta Stone <laughs> yes! in Egypt. Yes. All thirteen of them that are all over the country. <laughs> not real.
0: Yes. Um oh, yeah, it made why my did I, day. Why did I not see a photo of this? Because I have honestly withheld the photos until I told you this in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so why you were just driving by
2: and you saw yes. it? Or you and you were like, wait, what's that? Well
0: I saw something and I'm like, what is that up there? Like clearly rock formations. Okay. And as I'm getting closer, there's signs about Stonehenge. I'm like, what is happening here? So by the time I got up to that big entrance and driveway, I'm like, well, obviously I need to go see Stonehenge for the podcast. Oh, um, yes. amazing. So I randomly pulled over, paid the $22 entry fee, whatever it was, and just walked around the field. <laughs> oh, amazing.
2: Well, we'll have to yes. post photos then of me at the real Stonehenge from like I mean, I haven't been in like 10 years and you at the replica. Uh,
0: yes. Yes. And we'll see we'll
2: it. <laughs> how similar they look. That's cool. Amazing. Yes. So how do you feel being back then? Are you feeling, you know, now that you're living in a house Yes, and off the road?
0: I'm, I'm feeling good. It is nice to have some space again. And, you know, I think I talked in a few episodes ago about how I go through phases of, you know, long-term travel, and then, okay, I'm ready to settle. And then you do that for a while, and then you're ready to do something new. I'm in that I'm ready to settle phase.
2: Settle, yeah. You're ready yes. to nest. While yes, over in the I'm- UK, things, you know, things are starting to open up over here. And it's, like, we're really starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, bars and pubs are open. You can nest sit inside. You can gather in groups of, like, 30 outside, I think it is people are getting vaccinated. I'm like fully jabbed up now. Um, so I'm just like ready. I'm like, I am ready for a vacation. Um, there's, you know, countries on the green list that I can travel to and from and not have to quarantine. So like, I'm starting to look at those, you know, Portugal's on there. I think Greece is on there. You know, there's a few places I can go. Um, but we wanted to talk about today because, you know, Now that we're all starting to really come out of this, like globally, like I think, you know, obviously some countries are going in and out of dips of, okay, cases are rising, so we're going to go back into a lockdown. But like really over the next six months, I think, as people get fully vaccinated, you know, things are really going to start opening up. And I think what we wanted to talk about today is how as travelers uh, and people that haven't really traveled a whole lot over the last 18 months – How we can really stay grounded on our travels while we're away from, you know, the place that's been our safe space, which Mm -hmm. is home for so long. And I think, you know, why I wanted to talk about this, I think, you know, someone like me where I don't, I never thought that I had, you know, issues with anxiety or I don't want to use the word agoraphobia because it's not to that level. Like I can leave the house, but I actually know quite a few people that they've spent so much time at home. For, with COVID that, you know, and they love traveling, but the idea of it is actually sets them into a bit of a, a you know, almost a panic. Um, and I think it's
0: just, you know, because yeah, we, we've been given constant messages of do not go your, do not leave your house if you don't have to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we're, and we're now ready to get out there, but I think even, you know, stepping straight back out into that, you know, big wide world of travel, And especially if we're going to foreign places, you know, with foreign people, food, sights, smells, um, you know, all of that, we've all been waiting for it for so long, but it can really easily be a shock to your system without you even realizing it. And I found I've had those moments, even when things started to open up and even us being able to go into pubs with a lot of people, like I never realized that I have a bit of anxiety over it because I've been at home. And So, you know, I'm trying to figure out like when I do travel again, like I need to really ease into it and I'm going to have to have, you know, some things in place that it's really going to help me stay grounded. Obviously not literally, we have literally been grounded for a year and a half, but (laughs) while we're out there. Yeah. So I I think we're all just a bit, you know, we are a bit more anxious and stressed, um, you know, after this pandemic. Yeah.
0: And I think in times of Unsurety? Is unsurety a word? Uncertainty. Uncertainty,
2: I think, is what you're looking for.
0: (laughs) I think, in kind of times of uncertainty, when we do travel, we are going to want, you know, a little more certainty, a little more bit of a nest egg, a little bit more of a safety net, just more Mm -hmm. systems in place to feel good about what we're doing. Mm -hmm.
2: Definitely. Um, And I think a lot of what we'll talk about today. We we did an episode a while back with Maddie from the If You Don't Mind podcast where we talked about traveling with anxiety. I think a lot of those points that we talked about with Maddie in that episode, you know, they'll really resonate, you know, with everyone at this point. You know, it's not everyone that's suffering from, you know, mental health issue. But now it's just kind of, – it is a bit more generalized. Like, we're all just a bit anxious. So I think, um, you know, the number one thing, and it sounds, again, very cliche, but just having that extra – planning in place and not only planning for when you're going on a trip but I think planning for things to be really taken care of at home while you're away from the trip itself because again and this is you know me speaking the idea of now leaving my home for a week totally unattended like it just makes me a lot more stressed out than it would before yeah Um, and I think one thing as well i know a lot of people that have gotten pets or the animal for the animal rights people listening companions i know pets is no longer socially acceptable Ah, i mean i still say it it's fine Uh, but like even so myself i got i had got two cats during lockdown it's these extra things where like i'm uh, thinking of going away for a week and leaving my cats like I'm like, will they be okay? And it's probably more me. It's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's my separation anxiety. But, you know, I've, I've already started looking at, you know, there's lots of, you know, little small businesses in my neighborhood that do cat sitting and dog walking and house sitting and just having the idea that everything will be taken care of while you're away and putting those extra precautions in place, I think is just going to help get you Mm. out of the house and get you traveling.
0: Yeah. Well, even too, like I don't have pets, but I have, I did during Melbourne's lockdown, I became a crazy plant lady. So when I was going on my trip around Australia, I honestly was like, I need someone to take care of my plants. Like, I can, yeah. I've i invested so much effort and love in them. I cannot let them die. So I actually did. I distributed out my plants.
2: <laughs> well, I think we've all become a little bit more like nurturing in this lockdown, either whether it's to plants or pets or even to ourselves, I think, and, and to our homes. Like we were saying... You know, with with being at home for so long and before you left for your trip, again, you were doing things to the house to make it look nice and yeah. make it a cozy environment. And I think, again, even if you're just leaving, even if you don't have pets or plants, like leaving your home, it's just, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's just me. Like even sometimes if I leave for the day, I feel like, oh, I'm leaving my little safe place. So I think, again, if you're leaving for a long period of time, really just like put those extra planning pieces together just so you know when you're there, you're not stressing while you're away yes you know where you're supposed to be having like de-stress have fun you haven't traveled for so long but the last thing you want to be thinking about is oh my god is my plant gonna die you know (laughs) are my cats hungry are my cats 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 hanging in the window (laughs) oh my god i honestly come up with like this is can, yeah. Worst case scenarios. <laughs> Where I am such a worst case scenario person. I really am. I mean, this all came from... I have a ring doorbell up and my neighbor came to my door the other day and I immediately thought the worst. I was away from my house. I was like, what's happening? Maybe the house is on fire and stuff's so like You would know if your place was on fire. Uh, maybe one of the cats has died and it's hanging in the window. Why would that have ever happened? I mean, it's ridiculous. And then he popped by because the postman left him a
0: package for me (laughs) so he was just being neighborly
2: but do you know what I mean but these are the things like I don't think I I was I'm always a little bit of a worst case scenario person but like not to that extent so could you imagine me leaving my house for a week and I see someone ringing my doorbell and I know my cats are inside or my plant you know so again I, I have never had a house sitter before but house sitting i think is going to be the way to go for for me moving forward if i'm going to be gone for longer than like a few days
0: oh it makes so much sense and i think that also ties in perfectly to one of the things i was thinking of for me maybe just traveling with a bit more money than i historically have having Mm. a bit more saved up a bit more allocated in the budget to that trip for those things. So house sitting obviously costs money. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a number of different things. I think that I'll be doing differently that just, you know, my budget's yeah. going to be pushed up a little. And maybe that means I'll do more shorter trips or maybe just fewer, um, to distribute that money differently. But, yeah. um, yeah, well, I that's, think there's that's going true. to be yeah. more costs. Mm-hmm.
2: I think even looking at, um, you know, when I looked in, in my area for like cat sitters and, and I have friends that would probably be quite happy to come over, feed them, clean out their litter box and leave. But I was like, you know what? I almost kind of, if I were to go away for a week or two, I would almost rather hire someone because A, you know, it just, it seems like a chore to put on your friends, even though I'm sure they're happy doing it. But B, in my mind, I do think I'm like, they are a professional service. And it's like you said, it's having that extra budget. And, you know, some of them can be, it might be like, ten dollars or ten pounds a day but if you're away for a couple weeks you know that's a good chunk of change that factor that in and house sitting as well i think i think you can find free house sitters though as well yeah people looking i mean for like
0: free house sits are usually for ex- people staying somewhere an extended time so if you were going yeah. away for a couple weeks or a couple months and you'll find people who will house sit in exchange for a place for them to stay and there's mm. websites for that. Yeah. I know a number of yeah. people who've used them.
2: Yeah. See, I, I would do that as well. Although I feel like I'd have to put them through, like, a very rigorous interview process. Um, yes. You know, just gauge them if, uh, you know, if they like cats, if my cats will like them. I mean, these are my children now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certified crazy cat lady. but That's fine. Um. So, yeah. I, I again, you know, just we always talk about planning you know for when you are somewhere but i think even more so that just that having that planning in place so when you are wherever you're going you just have peace of mind you don't have to think you know you don't want a a home alone moment where you leave kevin at home you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean and i think there's gonna be natural stresses in future travel just even from things like Are these flights going to be canceled? Are the borders going to close? There's new stresses we've never had to think about before. Mm -hmm. So to negate, I mean, we don't just want to be all massive stress bags at the airport ripping our hair out. So to negate the old stresses, we'll do things a little differently. And I
2: do think there is an element of having to be prepared a little bit for the worst case scenarios. And I'm talking more like border closures, getting stuck somewhere, stuff that we didn't really have to consider before. And now, and especially if we're starting to venture out now where the pandemic is still happening, it's still going, you, you know, book, like if, if you're in a country that you are able to travel and you know, you're doing all the safety precautions and everything you're meant to do and you're quarantining if you have to wherever you're going like just be prepared for things to again change very quickly and if we've learned anything in this pandemic we can see how quickly things can change day by day again Mm -hmm. you know listen to some of our earlier on episodes of this pandemic they did not age well even a week later (laughs) no they did not so i think just having again being prepared for the worst case scenarios and having a plan Having a plan. If you do get stuck somewhere, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. And this is going to be a really dry point for everyone. But typically when people think, especially in Australia, so our Australian listeners are going to know what I'm talking about here, where we are, I mean, we're not going anywhere internationally for a while, but we have state border closures from state to state. Mm-hmm. Um, So you could have a trip to Queensland booked from Victoria and then suddenly the next day borders closed. Boom. Yeah. So having domestic travel insurance because most people only think they need it when they're flying internationally whereas mm-hmm. now it's going to be getting that travel insurance for domestic travel. So if your flights canceled, if you anything happens, you're still covered. Most yeah. people think of travel insurance traditionally in terms of healthcare costs. So when you're traveling within your own country, whether it doesn't matter whether I'm in Victoria or Western Australia. When I was in the hospital, my Medicare covered that all. Mm. Where now it's going to be just all your expenses, your deposits for things, your flights, um, just making sure you have the right travel insurance. I sound so boring, but it's so important. It (laughs) is.
2: It's boring. And I mean, some people love listening to Steph and I talk about travel insurance. I don't know why, but... (laughs) It is, it's a very relevant topic right now for travel. And for those, like, I know people that still have never purchased travel insurance before. Like, now is the time. If you have never purchased travel insurance before, this is when you start. Yeah. During (laughs) and right after a global pandemic, this is when you start. So, and for those of you that already have an insurance policy in place, like, I have one that just kind of renews itself every year. But, like.
1: I need to check that.
2: I need to, well, I, and that's what I'm saying now I need to start reviewing these when the policy does come, you know, it's coming up to its end and looking at what's actually in there, which I, I didn't do this year. It just renewed itself again, but I need to actually read what is in there. What's covered. What's not, because I don't know. And I should have, I should have an idea of what's in there.
0: And the insurance companies have been changing their policies And they can change their fine print and the onus is on you to keep up to date with it about obviously each company is going to be different. How have they addressed a pandemic? Are they just blanket not covering certain countries? Are they blanket not covering flights? Like those are the things you actually want to look at and evaluate when you're getting your travel insurance. Um, You don't just want to buy it and be like checkbox got some travel insurance. You want to know what that means for the risks you might actually face.
2: Yeah, definitely. And for those in the UK, you know, obviously with Brexit, that just happened as well. You need to double check what's in your policies as well. Like so many things have changed in this past year.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I didn't even think of Brexit.
2: Yeah, like that's I have no idea. You know, there, I'm sure there's something about you know European travel, and it's gonna be company by company depending mm-hmm. on how they. So I need to after I'm we're done recording this podcast, I need to <laughs> review what is in my my travel insurance
3: because I know.
2: Let's talk about once we are actually at our destination, how mm-hmm. we can stay grounded when we're there. Again, trying to just really keep ourselves in check, try to relieve some of that, you know, whether it's the stress or anxiety of being away from home or being in a new place and, you know, not have being used to traveling. It's almost, you know, for some of us, it's going to feel very new and very raw again. This one, I could take my own advice on this practice, what you preach, but booze, booze intake. Mm. We've talked about this before. And I'm one of those people, like I love when I get somewhere, you know, just sitting, having a couple glasses of wine, people watching, you know, having some drinks on the plane. But again, where anxiety and stress is already at a level that, you know, and again, that we might not even notice, mm-hmm. adding a lot of alcohol into the mix does not help. If it's for me, I would probably reel it in a little bit. Um, and I know Maddie and I talked about this in, in the, the episode um, about anxiety. And alcohol really does have a huge effect on your overall mental health, anxiety, stress levels
0: to add on to that from a different take from my perspective. So I went away this past weekend. I went down to the Mornington, P- Mornington peninsula with girlfriend of mine. And because Victoria had this travel voucher program where if you travel to regional mm. Victoria, they actually reimbursed you for a portion of it. Okay. Um, so we went down, rented a B and B booked at the peninsula hot spring. Well plan to go to the peninsula hot springs. And I'll tell you drinking, obviously you let your guard down in certain ways. Yeah. So, we went out for dinner, had this beautiful Italian dinner, then went to this wine bar that had been packed earlier, because we thought, oh, it must be good. Go to the wine bar. We had a bottle of wine with dinner. We ordered another bottle of wine at the wine bar. And all of a sudden, Andrea, you're. this is, honestly, there could not have been a more perfect night in my life. Okay. So, there's about 25 people at this wine bar. It's small and intimate. And on the music comes Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. And okay. And a table of clearly drunk people at the other end of the wine bar stand up and they start doing the dramatic Backstreet Boys dances like the arm pulls and the fist (laughs) down and and they start doing it to everyone else in the wine bar and everyone else stands up and we all start dancing and the whole night literally became a 90s dance party granted this is a wine bar with no dance floor it was just around tables and just like it was perfect night of strangers just like singing into fake microphones at each other and spinning Mm -hmm. each other around. It was a perfect night, but we were all very COVID unsafe because of the alcohol. Like there was no social distancing. We were touching strangers. People were talking up in each other's faces to hear each other. So as I mentioned leading into this story, the plan was to go to the Peninsula Hot Springs because we had passes, which apparently we didn't realize you had to book in advance because of COVID. So we called, and they were like, oh, unfortunately, we're full this weekend. You can't get in. We're like, okay, we'll have to come back. And the day we tried to go is now COVID hotspot.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. Oh no!
0: There was someone with COVID there the day we planned to go. The night we were at that wine bar, being COVID unsafe, uh, so I super think spreader. for me <laughs> it would have been if someone was there. Very well, could have mm. been, and it's just that complacency, especially in Australia, where mm-hmm. we've done so well. Um, So I think for me, the alcohol perspective is more just remembering, tone it down because we are still in a pandemic. Yeah. This past weekend was a reality check of you think you're safe again, but actually there was a hot spot right there.
2: That's such a good point because I can imagine, you know, the the Aussies I know are the same as the Brits. Brits abroad, Aussies abroad. They want to go once they're allowed to fly and they're like, let's do this. And, you know, they really get, they want to go and have a good time and drink Mm -hmm. and party and, I think not even the anxiety or stress part that comes with drinking, but yeah, just as you said, like, remember guys, we still are in a pandemic. Don't go overboard just because you can, you know, because we all know once you do drink, if you drink a lot, people make stupid decisions. Yes. And we've all been there. We've all had our moments. Uh, Yeah. I think just keep it in check. Like obviously have a good time. Like by the sounds of it, you know, your night sounded like a fun time.
0: It was the best.
2: (laughs) It was fun. But obviously, you know, it could, yeah. you know, it could have it could have been worse and, you know, there's always repercussions from drinking too much. And I'm saying this like as if I've never done it. Like, guys, yeah. I'm not being like some sanctimonious, you know, judgy old lady. Steph and I like a drink, okay? Yeah, Anyone yeah. that knows us knows. But I also feel like time. we're we we keep it in check as well. And f- I no, think more so it, than I ever. Think if-
0: i think if we're being honest we're the type where we drink too much and then we message each other and we say i'm too old for this shit i'm not doing it again and then we come back around be like so about last night (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm still too old for this and i did it again
2: (laughs) (laughs) to be honest i really want to book a solo trip which i haven't i haven't done any trip in a while but i haven't done just a solo you know long weekend away one of my city breaks in europe I'm really looking forward to doing one of those. And I actually would really like to try doing a dry trip, like just not drinking at all. Just doing like, you know, having feeling good for like four or five days and sightseeing and just not like, I just want to try it and see. Not even having a single glass of wine.
0: Would you consider doing like a wellness kind of trip? Like going somewhere Uh, for like a retreat or a...
2: Maybe, but like I'm just talking, you know, going to like, I don't know. Use Berlin for an example. Just going there and just because, like, I find I just feel fresher and more positive in the morning when I'm not, even if I've had a couple drinks the night before, I can feel it now. Like, I'm at the age I can feel it the next day. Yeah. And I just have better days, especially if I want to get a lot, like, booked in to see. I don't know. I, I just would like to see if it makes any difference. I would like to try it. Do like four I mean, days.
0: Yeah, do it. This is one Goose of those free. things where it's like you're very capable. You can do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah,
2: I can do it. And it might be the case after the four days. I'd be like, you know what? I probably could have had a few beers and I would have felt the same. Like, I know people that have quit drinking during the pandemic or they've gone long periods without drinking. And I ask them, I'm like, oh, do you feel better? And they're like, not really. Like, (laughs) you know, and granted, these are are people that, you know, they have their drinking in check. They're not drinking every day anyways. But, you know, you hear some people that say they quit drinking and they just feel like amazing. Like a totally new person and some people are like no i don't really feel any different so i yeah so with Let's traveling again i've always said you know i like i like to have a drink when i'm traveling i like to have some wine or a beer but i think i need to try just like a dry solo trip do it do see. a dry oh.
0: july solo trip july we're not talking all of july do you mean the whole month no just in july i was literally <laughs> <Okay>. just rhyming <laughs>
2: Oh, God, I got it. I like it. You're like Eminem and 8 Mile. Well <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think in general, like, have fun. Have some drinks. Keep it in check, though. We all need to keep it in check. And like Steph said, you know, we're not out of this yet. So don't let alcohol take over you where you then act
0: stupid and yes. belligerent as well. And suddenly you are patient A super spreader. Exactly. None of us need that.
2: We do not need to go back.
0: Talking about not drinking kind of leads into another little bit more of a healthy discussion, which I really thought I would do more of on my trip around Australia would be Mm. exercising more while you're on your trip, just in terms of keeping your spirits up and just feeling
2: better. I think exercise, I mean, it's proven to be so good for kind of just general anxiety or stress scientifically it releases endorphins that make you feel good and they make you feel positive and again if you can add into you know whatever trip you're doing just a bit of exercise every day and obviously walking is a great form of exercise it's such an underrated form of exercise when people think you need to be you know breaking some crazy sweat like doing burpees and running around like huffing and puffing like no like walking again is is one of the best exercises you can do and there's nothing i mean stuff you're the same we love doing walking tours we love just walking around cities yeah and even walking tours another thing you know getting a Having a a tour guide, again, just feeling like if you have someone there to show you around and, you know, you don't have to plan a lot of it or figure out where to go or what to see and, you know, again, you're in a foreign place,
0: have someone to, like, take you around
2: to do a walk, to do a tour.
0: And Lordy knows all these local businesses could really use the business. Yes. After the pandemic, and I think, for me, you just nailed it on the head with the walking tours because I need that sneaky exercise, I cannot Mm. tell you how many weekend trips, how many business trips I go on, and I see there's a gym in the hotel, and I think, okay, I'm going to work out this week. I don't. I never do. I take my workout clothes. I take my running shoes. I take all the things, and then I put it in my suitcase, and then it comes home in my suitcase, and it never left. So that sneaky exercise, the walking tours, the, yeah, uh, just the running over the city around the city excitement. Yeah. Six feet apart.
2: Incorporate it into your trip, you know, like rent a bike. That's like, I love when I went to Amsterdam, um, in Barcelona, like rent, you can rent bikes for nothing. Like it costs nothing for like four or five days. And you have that for you know the whole time you're there and just riding around the cities and seeing all the sights and getting exercise in and you feel really good i like the hop on hop off buses sometimes as well like depending on where i am but like you're just sitting there you know you don't feel i don't know
0: That's <laughs> as it, long as you actually get off at each of the stops but i think the bikes is such a good honestly i always talk about doing it i've never done it mm. gotten one of the well, bikes
2: We'll do it some... Like, next time you come over to Europe and we go somewhere for one of our trips, we will get bikes and we will cycle around. Perfect. Because it is so fun. And a lot of these cities, you know, you, co- you go to a lot of cities that are so cycle-friendly. cycle you know, Like, cycleable. Like, there's cyclable. some c- cities I probably... Like, even London, I'm not... Mm. I would like to get a bike here, but, like, I would only... Cycle around, you know, the parks and stuff. I wouldn't want to cycle around no. London, it's quite busy. I have done it on like the little um Boris bikes, the, the you know, the city bikes. We call them Boris bikes because <laughs> Boris was the one that when he was uh mayor of London, but they're called something else bikes now. But I mean, those are like clunky and they're I've only ever cycled home on those like when I've been drunk after a night out and it's never ended well, like I've fallen off of them. Yeah, I, London is quite a scary city to cycle in. But yeah, Amsterdam, Berlin, uh Barcelona, like all of these cities are just very cycle friendly. I don't is Melbourne? Cycle friendly?
0: Uh, you're asking the wrong girl. I don't think so because oh, and I only say that though because I'm a driver. I right. love having a car. I love driving. I love being able to go anywhere when I want. And so I'm one of the drivers that's like, get off the road, even though they have the right of, I Fair know. Enough. Yes. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask about that.
2: You know, for people that aren't into cycling though, like again, walking, heel toe express, like walk around everywhere. It's just <laughs> yeah. nice to, I love, I love walking. Like I love just walking aimlessly around new places. Yeah. And it just really does help you kind of feel Grounded, I guess. Quite literally. Foot to the ground. (laughs) Yes. Yes. One that I wanted to kind of touch on that is, I see this a lot. I see this a lot in the UK with specifically Canadians. um, Oh, okay. But I'm sure people do this everywhere. So I think a big part of, you know, if you're going somewhere new, you know, talking to strangers and really learning and understanding about their culture I think that can really help help you feel kind of more at home even though it's something foreign to you right but I think listening to other people and listening to their experience of this is what we do here this is what we do in this country like this is is a really nice thing to just sit and listen and really take it in but a lot of people what they love to do and I think this is probably just a coping mechanism for people either being homesick or, you know, just wanting their own familiarity is then turning that around. And all they want to do is talk about how things are different in their country, how the food is different or the, how the words are different. And the reason I say this, like I'm, I'm part of a couple Canadian expat Facebook groups and you know, I've been here 10 years. There's a lot of people in these groups that have been there a long time and they're kind of, they're used to all the, the differences. Like, You get over how people say words like aluminum and aluminum. It's like, you know, it's different. Okay. You're in a different country, but I've seen a lot lately and I don't know what it is. A Canadian expats all just like writing comments in these Facebook groups about, Oh, isn't it weird that the Brits say this, or isn't it weird? And it's just like constant. And I'm like, guys, it's a, it's not weird. It's not a very nice thing to call someone else, someone else's culture. And I know I'm just talking Brits. It's not like a massive culture shock, But, like, the way people say things or the way people cook food or the way people speak, it's not weird. It's different. So, A, like, don't call things like that weird. But when you're just sitting around talking about how things are different in your country and how you do things, you're not
0: actually learning about a new culture. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I get it. I do. I think you're right. I think it's a coping mechanism. And people are looking for, you know, just people who can relate. But at what point does that hinder you from actually kind of taking on the new culture where you exactly. are Exactly. And that's all I'm saying. And I understand it. And there's nothing wrong with having a conversation
2: with someone from a, a different country or a different culture about you, you know what you guys do in your country but make it a conversation because yeah. i too too often see it it's like oh you guys you guys say this weird or you guys cook this weird food oh well in in canada we do it like this it's like it just comes off i don't know a bit
0: <laughs> i know i'm guilty of this to be honest i call myself out um yeah but i think i'm getting better the longer i'm here
2: <laughs> yeah and i think it's just being i'm not saying don't do it but just Equally, listen to others and how they do things. Like, don't make it a point just to focus on how everything's different. Embrace the differences, you know? Yes. Ask questions to the people in, in that country you're speaking to. Like, ask them about, how how do you guys do this
0: here? Or what's... I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense, but... I know what you're saying. Like, the mo- be a more conscious... And I think we've said this in general, too, even, you know, pre-COVID. Just be a more conscious traveler of learning about other people's culture experiences. And especially right now when we are going to other countries again, I think one of the really good ways you can do that when you're speaking to people is understanding how COVID impacted their country and right. maybe that conversation can help you figure out how to best direct your money there as well.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think when you, we'll- you just start listening more, you d- you do feel more grounded and more accepted in that country. And like, I don't know, the people you're speaking to you like actually care about you <laughs> versus <laughs> just talking at them about how you guys do things differently and like it's not really a yeah conversation is it but but I get it coping mechanism it's it's a familiar thing it's you know you feel like you maybe you are a bit homesick and thinking about how we say fries versus chips does it make you feel better I don't know (laughs) it is funny though some of these Facebook groups because it is and I sometimes have to remember like oh these people are new here like I probably did the same 10 years ago but
0: Well, I think that's a a good point to remember is everyone is always at a different stage, kind of. Yeah. You know, in their expat journey. Yes, and it becomes very easy to just be in our own stage and assume everyone's at the same place mentally. But all this to say, we also need to be patient with ourselves as Mm -hmm. we're stepping out again and giving ourselves a little bit more of a buffer and putting a little more safety mechanisms in place to feel good about being gone but i think we're all ready Mm -hmm. i think we're ready i think we're ready and
2: i think we don't want to force ourselves to do too much too soon i think we need to ease into it um because you know otherwise you're just you're you're gonna feel what's the opposite of grounded lifted (laughs) a
0: little bit chaotic or at unease i mean
2: yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, as the, you know, go easy on yourself. Um, I would
0: actually love to hear from our Aussie listeners about this because I know, you know, when the pandemic hit, we were talking to a number of you in DMs about, you know, trips you had booked that were being canceled and should you rebook. And now we're at a stage where I'm wondering, you know, are they rebooking? Are they going interstate? Are they. You know, planning more travel within their state. What stage are they at? Yeah. And our European listeners?
2: Yeah. And for those that don't want to get on a plane now, like, or still don't feel ready, I want to know what it's going to take for some of you to be like, yes, this is when I'll go. Like, I'm just curious to hear everyone's kind of take, because I, you know, I have friends here that it's very mixed. I have friends of mine that are like, yes, get me on a plane. I want to go somewhere. I have other friends that are like, no, not a chance in hell. I'm not getting on a plane until this is all over. And then there's someone like me where I feel like I'm ready. I'm like, yes, get me on a plane. But then, you know, I'm like sometimes getting panicky about just going to the pub. So I'm like, am I ready? Like I need to really, yes, I might feel like I'm ready, but maybe actually I don't realize that I'm not. So yeah, I just, it's, I'm curious to hear how everyone else is, you know, what their readiness is going to look like. Uh, In terms of getting back out there. And tell us how you guys stay grounded when you are traveling. So yeah, we'll see you guys next time.
0: See you guys next time.
2: All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms, from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Wanna support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod and donations start as low as just one dollar also if you could follow us on twitter and instagram at shit abroad pod and facebook by searching all the shit i've learned abroad thanks so much for listening
3: hold up